Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Dunham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode. I'm coming to you solo today. We've got a lot of energy to navigate together. We've got the solar eclipse coming up on the 25th, which is a Tuesday. It's going to be in Scorpio, so Scorpios are going to be extra affected. And also um, Cancers and Leos and Taurus, extra affected. So I was just looking up some notes about what's going on with the energy here. And, you know, eclipses are really, really karmic they are really in alignment with guiding us toward our soul's purpose, our true soul's calling and our path forward. And they really give us an opportunity to reflect on on what life has been looking like these last few years and what we've learned, what we've integrated and what we're ready to release. This particular solar eclipse is really inviting us to acknowledge where we can release resentment, where we can release pent up emotions that have not been expressed open up that throat chakra, figure out if we're holding on to resentment or, you know, unwilling to forgive or move past something, what is that really related to? Uh, Is there some place in the depths of our being and our subconscious that are still telling us you need to prove yourself worthy or you're not lovable yet? So themes like that are coming up. And this is a theme I experienced in a very real way, revisiting New York for the first time in a couple years over the weekend. It was it was intense energy and exciting and uh, transformative. And I'm going to talk a little bit about love and relationships because that's really what I was navigating. And maybe it's something that you can relate to and might help you in your process as well. So to give you a little background, I left New York City Um, right as the pandemic wasn't coming into full swing in uh, 2020, I think March 2020 uh, is when I left. And I remember I was living with my my ex-boyfriend, such a wonderful guy. um, And we'd been living together for a couple years. And I just knew that um, as much as I loved him, that the relationship was not right for me. I just, I just knew it. And I was just kind of like, you know, going through this back and forth, thinking I was insane. Like, how could you possibly leave someone who's so loving and so kind and so generous and artistic and all the things, but I just knew in my soul that it wasn't right for me. But I remember my hormones had been going crazy. I had gotten an IUD and the IUD had just thrown me for like an an insane swing of my hormones. Um, I had also gotten an abortion recently. So you guys know I keep it real with you. I'll tell you what's going on. So that's that my hormones were just all over the place. Uh, My partner and I had been through an, an extreme emotional event together. And so I was convincing myself before I I left New York and I left him, I was like, are you just being insane? Like you're crazy. It's just your hormones speaking nonsense to you. And I remember it was a full moon, like the night that I like left. Um, And I remember looking in the mirror and I looked myself dead in the eyes and the moon was just coming through the window. And I was like, Helen, you have got to leave right now. Stop gaslighting yourself. Stop making yourself think that you are crazy. You know, a reminder too, that we are hyperintuitive women. We are hyperintuitive. And I've said this before too, like 
in Native American culture and tradition, the women are the wisdom keepers. And when they bleed, they go out um, on quests to bring back intuitive wisdom for the better of their community and the collective. So I was reminding myself of that in that moment, like you're not crazy. You need to be free. You need to go. And it's okay. It's it's okay if it's painful. You just got to get out of here. So I like left that week, basically. We went through uh, a breakup process and, and it was just very like visceral because I literally like I went to Maine to stay with my family, you know, with the intention of, OK, I'm going to just come back and find a new place to live and uh, come back to the city. And um, the weekend that I left, like the, the pandemic was just at its peak intensity point right at the beginning there where like borders were getting closed. Everybody was going on to lockdown. We were all thinking like the National Guard was going to come into the city. And it was at that moment I was like, okay, maybe it's best that I don't plan to move right now. That just sounds crazy. I literally can't really move to a new apartment in the city. So I drove down like my dad's SUV and I packed every belonging, every painting, everything into that car within like 24 hours. I drove down to New York, packed the car with everything and I left never to go back to the city again. That was the last time I'd seen the city. So from there, um, it was just really interesting to be kind of like a fish out of water. I had related so much of my identity and myself to the city and feeling validated by being a New Yorker. And all of a sudden here I was in Maine (laughs) in like the pandemic, but it was kind of this permission slip. I think all of us can remember this feeling of like a strange kind of like exhale at the same time as everything was going nuts and off the walls. It was also a permission slip to like relax and start to regroup and really think about our lives and what was going on. And you know, in New York, I had been really pursuing music. I had been, you know, committed to performing every couple weeks. I had been, you know, really on that grind, like that, that grind of becoming a performer. And also in the year leading up to leaving, I had started the Lifted podcast, this podcast, obviously. Um, So I was starting to follow my curiosities into wellness, into holistic healing. um, And I had started to work with meditation studios as well. So I knew like that was kind of a path that I was really interested in, but I was still very much on this like, okay, I want to be a performer and a singer. When I left the city though, that identity started to get put into question and I was able to objectively observe like, is this really making me happy? Is this really what I want out of life? Do I like this lifestyle most importantly? Because the lifestyle really was like, you know, staying up really late. I was doing a lot of drugs, drinking a lot of alcohol, like for the most part, just it wasn't a lifestyle that was feeling really healthy to me. It was this really dense kind of darker energy um, that was difficult to upkeep. And the more I was getting into meditation, the further away I wanted to be from that lifestyle, to be honest. And so I was at this funny point where I was like, how can I marry my love for music, um, you know, with, with a lifestyle that's more peaceful. So I had this moment, you know, I was at, I was in Maine for about three months during the the pandemic and the peak there. And then I had this moment like, all right, you've got this blank slate. You could go anywhere. You could go back to the city or you could do something crazy. So that's when I took my road trip. I spent two months on the road camping at all the national parks to get across to California. And I knew I wanted to go to Topanga uh, because I had been taking Lacey Phillips to big magnetic program. And I saw that she was living in Los Angeles, but in like this 
beautiful Topanga. So I thought, you know, I'll just go there for a weekend and then I'll take a road trip back and then I'll move back to New York City. I just wanted to have like a few months of exploring and being in wilderness and camping. But when I arrived in California, I was like, oh my God, I have to live here. So I ended up staying in Topanga for the last couple of years. And that is when I launched my business. That's really when I launched my first course, Cultivating Confidence. I launched about a year and a half ago uh, when I arrived there and then, you know, started to teach meditation with the studios there and really ramped up the podcast and then launched my mentorship program. Um, only about six months ago, it is crazy how things change when you're in alignment with your purpose, isn't it? So being there really got me into this, you know, different zone of, of being a student into a new place. And that's really what I wanted to, to chat with you guys about New York City. It's, it's feeling like you're a student of a certain kind of lifestyle there. And there's a different purpose and different, you know, reason for arriving in each different place that we do um, throughout our lives. And my 20s were, were based in New York. And what I think New York really taught me was commitment and and hustle. <laughs> you know, it taught me to honestly work hard. And I don't really like to say the term work hard anymore. It feels like kind of a matrix term, but it really taught me to put my head down and get it done. Um, it, it, it kind of puts you in this pressure cooker where you are encouraged to be the best expression of yourself that you can possibly be. And part of that is just by the people that you're surrounded with in the city. I mean, people get dressed up just to walk out the door. Um, so every day I was like making sure that I was presenting myself really well and, and in a way that made me feel confident, which was honestly like a life skill to build. It's like, how do you want to present yourself? How do you want to introduce yourself to people? It really had a lot to do with building confidence and helped me to become a performer. Um, you know, even, even just now, even being able to speak to you, it really built my confidence in that way. And you're just inspired by the authenticity of New Yorkers. There is something about people who live there, like there's this grit, there's this strength, and there's this determination and just the density of the city. Like, I mean, just the nature of it. Like you're surrounded by concrete and these high rise buildings and lots of noises. So you have to figure out how to hold your peace and your presence in the middle of like utter chaos. <laughs> so I think that was a really important pressure cooker for me in my 20s because I got to experiment with all of these different iterations of self. So I was working with startup companies and learning how to build a business from the ground up from an amazing woman um, who I was working with in the first startup company I was working with. So I really was watching her with a keen eye, like, how is she getting investors? How is she, you know, managing all of us as employees? Like, what makes a great boss? Look at how much effort she puts in and how much intention and how she pays attention to detail. So that was a real learning experience. You know, another just working as a hostess and a waitress in my early 20s. Um, I made some of like my lifelong friends in that industry, which is really interesting because we were all artists or creatives, just like in the struggle of the city. And we would just come together and it was kind of a place to be with buddies while just making some money at these restaurants. And you would see all these really interesting people. And, um, you know, I was working at the standard I remember in the meatpacking district in New York, and that was just a fabulous place to people watch. So just watching the types of people to come through that door was really integral to my growth and my taste and my, uh, my craving for artistry. And I feel like I'm going a little bit all over the place here, but I'm kind of 
trying to paint a picture of, of how the places that we arrive in shape us and mold us and what the purpose is of those places. So there came a point though, you know, as I'd gone through all of these different, working with different startups, doing social media management, doing like wellness events, um, you know, studying art in different ways. And um, I finally hit a point, you know, as, as I left, I think I was like 27 when I left, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. I guess 27. And I felt like I had just had it. I just had enough. Like I had been pressurized in all the ways that I had desired and the city had lost its glamour for me and it was just starting to feel hard. Um, I remember I was wearing earplugs to go to sleep because the noise of the city outside of my window was just so infuriating. It was making me just like spiral. I felt like I was suffocating there and that was just everything I needed to be like, all right, let's make a jailbreak time to run. So, um, I think it just lost its glamor for me there. And, and then when I arrived in California, it became very clear that I was there to experience expansion, lightness, and to be in a new kind of pressure cooker of healers. I'm not sure that's the right terminology for it, but it was this opportunity to meet like-minded people in the healing world. So I always consider that the places that we find ourselves in are um, like classrooms for us. So what are we learning from the environment that we find ourselves in? New York City was about teaching me discipline, hustle, networking, artistry, style, like taking care of myself in all those different ways and learning how to keep my peace in the chaos. California became um, a classroom for me to position myself and experience myself as an expert. Um, so while I was there, I was just taking a lot of classes. I was educating myself. I was reading a lot. I was meeting people that I really looked up to in the healing world. And that is where I found my true purpose, uh, which was of course in the healing world and, and mentoring women. So as I looked back on my New York experience, though, I saw that everything that I had you know, learned from that place, all of the jobs that I'd had, all of the experiences and people that I'd met completely correlated with what I would end up doing in the healing world. Um, you know, how, how did I want to lift women up? What had I seen in the city? And while I was in New York, I'd also been the chair of the, the committee for young professionals with the, the United Nations as UN women. So that put me in this experience of leadership for the first time and how I wanted to lead and what I wanted to see change in the world and how I wanted to see women um, get elevated into more positions of leadership. And that was always a thing in the back of my mind. Like I want to help women get into positions of leadership and power and personal power in their own lives, because I knew that that would have a ripple effect into our entire community. And I was seeing that take place on a really very real level. But to go back to to California, so I went there for, you know, spent two years there. And finally, I felt like, okay, I've got the gist of this. Um, Now this is starting to feel, you know, like maybe I've kind of gotten all the juice out of this orange, if you will. Like I felt like, all right, I have experienced this. And now LA is kind of losing the same shine. Um, So what do I really need? And what I really wanted was to feel closer to my family again. Um, You know, I was very far away on the West Coast. They're all in Maine and in North Carolina. So I'd kind of made this plan to move back. And I was like, well, am I going to go back to New York City? Like, where the heck am I going to go? Like, I don't really want to be back in New York. But I decided to 
just like wait for a moment to figure out my next move. But I knew that like by September of next year, I was going to be ready to shift back to the East Coast. But of course, as I set that intention, the universe listened and it was like, okay, Helen, so you're ready for a shift. You're ready for a little shakeup. We're going to just boot you right out of California. So I know I've talked about this before. It was very much like an overnight thing. Like I had, uh, I had a stalker in, in, um, LA and in Topanga and I was advised to leave like immediately. So it was literally like a movie scene. Like I packed all of my stuff up overnight to make the drive back to the East coast. And I drove back within a week with all my stuff in the car and I decided to move to Portland, Maine. That felt like the best middle ground um, in a place that would be accessible and I could visit New York if I wanted to. But it was like, to be honest, a total shot in the dark. I was just like, well, I don't wanna be in New York. Where do I wanna be? And I love Maine and I felt like, you know, it was really important to be close to nature, close to the water and what a blessing it is to experience fall up here. So really what I'm trying to navigate now is community up here. Like how do I get in touch with the artists up here and the thought leaders and people who are really inspiring? And I know that they're here, they exist. So I'm just calling those kind of people in now. Um, but anyways, to get back to visiting New York again for the first time, um, I went back and I'll tell you what, one of my biggest blocks for the last long time, <laughs> to keep it real with you, I had um, a breakup with somebody in my early 20s that like never felt totally resolved to me. And I have actually gone to see a lot of healers about this to, to cut the cord, to release the person, to let them go with grace. I think um, it has a lot to do with worth and feeling a sense of closure. It just, it kind of like we exited that relationship and I left feeling like we hadn't said what we really wanted to say. Um, and it was, it, it just felt like kind of a rejection to me that I couldn't quite put my finger on, even though it hadn't been a straight up rejection, it still felt like it. Like I had wished the person would keep chasing me and keep coming back. However, as I looked back on the relationship, um, I was thinking, you know, well, this person and I aren't even compatible. Um, he didn't truly love me, you know, like I deserve to be loved and I'm not sure I loved him like he deserved to be loved either. And we just weren't in our authenticity at all. I remember looking back on who I was in that relationship and, you know, feeling a sense of shame about how small I had kept myself and how, you know, obedient and just, Oof, it just, I'm so happy to look back on that and see how much I've changed. But I think a part of the the inability to really cut that cord for a while was wanting to prove myself to this person, wishing that I could see him one more time and he could see me in my power and my strength. Because when we had separated, I was so like weak. I was in the throes of an intense eating disorder, which I don't think he ever really knew about. And um, I just never felt good enough in that in that partnership. So it was always this need to like prove myself to him. And so it's literally been in my, in the back of my mind for like way too long, uncomfortably long. And maybe part of me talking about this will be a form of release for that. Um, so I went back and as soon as I drove into the city over this last weekend, I felt like something was going to happen, like a shift was going to happen. It was literally like my hair went up on my arms as I entered like the breakthrough into Williamsburg where I was staying and I just knew I was going to run into somebody. The trip back felt like a form of closure because I'd left so quickly. Um, there was still so much like hanging in the air with New York. Um, 
And when I arrived back, I just knew something was going to happen. <laughs> it was going to go down. And so sure enough, like on my second night there, I had been walking all day and I was staying in a hotel that had like a club upstairs. And I was like, well, I could just go. I'd met some people in the elevator and I was like, well, I could go up and like go dancing. But I was so exhausted from walking. I was like, I just want to go to Whole Foods and like grab some snacks and just like take one more little walk around the block. And I felt like very called to go into Whole Foods for some reason. I was just like, I feel like something's going to happen in there. I don't know what's going to happen. Sure enough, I walk into Whole Foods and I don't see the ex-partner I was just referring to. I see my ex-boyfriend who I had left right as the pandemic hit. Oh my God. And I did not expect to see him. I thought I was going to see the other guy that I had been hung up on for so many years. Jesus, (laughs) we just keep it real here. So I see him and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And um, I'm sure he's not listening to this, but I had, I'd known that when we'd broken up, it had been extremely painful for him. It had been like a shock to the heart. It was really difficult for both of us because I love this person and to see him in that much pain, oh, it was just really hard. So um, it had been the first time I'd seen him since I'd broken up with him. And something about the energetics of seeing him and being able to hug him and just check in on him and make sure that he was okay. I left feeling like not only had he gotten some closure from seeing me, but it was the closure that I also needed from the other ex-boyfriend who I'd been thinking I'd run into. And I, I had needed closure for, for, from so long because in my mind I had been like, all right, well, I just need to run into him one more time and he'll see how amazing I am. And then I can reject him or something. And all of that seemed to fall away with that interaction with my most recent ex-partner. It was like, all right, Helen, so what if you did run into him? What would that even accomplish? It would just be for your ego to feel like you're better than him maybe? Or like, what do you want? What are you trying to prove? You don't need to prove anything to him anymore. And what would even happen? Like, do you really want him to come back and chase you? You really want that? Like, is this your person? So in in such a funny way, seeing my other ex-boyfriend there gave me the closure that I needed with the other guy um, because it just kind of created this holistic lens of what partnership means and, and how we position ourselves and how we perceive ourselves in relation to somebody else. And I kept thinking about how how much love I have for my, for my ex-boyfriend and how the reason that we broke up was not because I didn't love him. It was just because chemistry does not mean compatibility. And that's what I kept coming back to. Chemistry does not mean compatibility, building a life with somebody and being in a relationship long-term, you really need to have this mutual respect for one another. Your lifestyle's got to match up in a way that feels really good. The vision needs to be, you know, synchronistic and and, and compatibility there. So I don't know. I hope that makes sense. And maybe it can be a relief for you if there is a circumstance or even a person that you feel like you're hung up on. Sometimes the universe gives us that closure in a really interesting way that comes in a really unexpected, like crazy synchronicity. It was just absolutely nuts that I saw my ex-boyfriend. He was the last face that I saw leaving New York and he was the first one I saw coming back in. It was just the craziest full circle moment. So 
I'm just feeling really grateful about that. And I'm hoping that this, you know, talk about this energy that we navigate in the cities that we shift into and the people that we, you know, exchange energy with, it all serves a purpose. They're all teachers for us, you know, and we can find closure and expansion in ways that might seem so unexpected, but are so meant to be and meant to exist. And going back to the city also was a a form of closure because I was like, well, I can't be on the East Coast and be like a cool person unless I live in New York City, right? Like it was part of my identity. It was like, it's either going to be LA or it's going to be New York City or it's going to be like Paris or somewhere crazy like that. And it was again, placing my worth outside of myself. Like I needed the stamp of approval of New York on my system and on my body to feel like I was worthy of being, you know, at a particular level. And it was really helpful to go into the city and feel like this exhale, like, okay, I can visit when I want to, but this energy is way too dense. It's just not close enough to nature for me now. And I know who I am now. I know what I want out of life. I'm not toggling between all these different things and different options. I'm not taking like testers out of life and little bites out of life like I was when I'd been living there in my my 20s in general. And I just feel so much more grounded now. So if you are struggling with figuring out where you want to land and where you want to be, and if you want to even live in a city, if you do anymore, just, I think, taking note of, of the city as like a classroom in a way, just taking inventory of what you've learned, what lessons you feel like you still might want to learn and what you need to learn, and just acknowledging where you might be ready to grow out of that or if there's still more to learn. And when I went back this round, I was like, I learned, I learned my lesson and how fabulous it was to go back and like sit in Soho and just enjoy coffee and people watch. So now I look at New York as just like, like a museum, honestly, to go and get inspiration watching how people dress and hold themselves and just be around that eclectic energy and just the the fabulousness came back for me. But it was not a call to move back. It was just a call to say, this is here for you. So I imagine that I'll be taking trips down every couple months to just be in that energy and to get inspired and ignited and just be around such fantastic people. However, I find myself in Portland with such a sense of gratitude and well-being. Like, more fresh air. It's also still a a city, but it's very walkable. I love the old buildings here. I love that we're really close to the water. I love that I can drive 15, 20 minutes down and be, you know, in Kennebunkport and walk the beaches and all the hiking trails that are around. And, um, it just feels like now I'm in my phase of like, I'm done learning all of those harsh, like hardcore lessons that a city was able to teach me. And even the LA was able to teach me. And now I can just be in my happy place. And I think coming to that realization has been so healing that you don't need to be validated by the name of a city or the name of a company or the name of a partner that you look up to. Coming home to yourself again and again, I think this is what it all comes back to. Like, where do you feel the safest? Where do you feel most at home? Where does your nervous system get to fully relax and get offline so that you can fully show up and be with yourself? So... I hope this was helpful for you. I think sometimes the the podcasts that I really enjoy listening to are when people just share their stories and they just kind of keep it real. So I think 
the, the takeaways that I took from looking back on these last few years was just recognizing that, that each place that we enter is a classroom. And when are you feeling ready to graduate from that classroom? Is it really of service to you anymore? What is your soul craving? Do you need to be around nature? Like give yourself permission to get closer to that. And don't be afraid of that change because you can always go back, you know? My, my stepmom is a, a swim coach and she's so fantastic. And she was reminding me, you know, she'll have students come in to, to learn how to swim with her and they'll come in with a particular stroke that's not really working. And she'll say, okay, try this new stroke, try this new way of swimming and changing the way that your arms move in the water. And they will be often very resistant to that change. But she always says to them, you know, if you don't like the suggestion that I give you, if you don't like the change, you can always go back to your old pattern, your old habit, right? But just try it. Just see how it feels to expand into this new stroke and this new version of yourself. So I always remind myself of that. If I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm missing the vibe of New York, it's right there. I could move back if I wanted to. That's not out of the question. I could go back to LA. I could travel, go to Paris or something. But right now I'm feeling so at peace here. I just remember even in like Topanga, I was living in such like a wild house. Like we were having travelers and guests come into that house all the time. And it was so wonderful, but I knew it was time to go or it was getting time to get to go because I was not able to like sleep. I wasn't even able to take a nap because someone was always knocking on my door or texting me or like needing some something from me. And my nervous system could not relax. Now, in this place where I am, I can take a nap. Like I just remember I took a nap for the first time since moving into this new home that I'm in. And I was just like, so blissed out. I was like, when's the last time I took a nap without fist clenched and being like scared of something that was just a huge moment of like, okay, you are in the exact right place. And when we are safe, we're communicating to the universe that we're open and ready to receive our next round of blessings, but making sure that we feel safe and secure is of the utmost importance, making sure that our nervous system is at peace and at rest. Otherwise we just call in and we magnetize more chaos, right? So my whole intention now is like, wherever I decide to live, it needs to bring me the utmost peace at every point. And I think that's it. I think that's the leaving note that I will leave you with is just prioritizing your peace, prioritizing your well-being, and just acknowledging that every person, every place is is here to help you evolve and here to help you form and step into your highest iteration of self. So I hope that helped. I know I was all over the place. Uh, get ready for the eclipse coming on the 25th. Just be open to change. Know that everything is happening for you. And I'm sending you so much love. Thank you so much for being here. Love you so much. Um, by the way, our next full moon circle is going to be on Tuesday, November 8th at 8 p.m. EST. So I'm so excited to see you in there. I will leave the link in the description below. Um, it's just going to be a beautiful time for us to come together as community. We do this every month. I'll take you through a guided hypno visualization journey. We'll do some journaling prompts. Of course, we'll pull some Oracle cards and we'll just have a conversation a check-in with each other, $15 to register. And again, these happen every month on the full moon. So, all right, I'll see you there. Talk to you soon. 
All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. And as always, everything mentioned is linked in the description below. And final notes on my end, if you're curious about working one-on-one with me in my private mentorship series for seven weeks, you can just go to helendenham.com and browse through testimonials. You can check out the offering and the invitation to come in and work with me in this amazing container where your life will change dramatically. It's, it's a really exciting thing to see my clients, you know, just take these quantum leaps in life. It's absolutely amazing what happens when we prioritize our healing and invest in our well-being. And then finally, if you are looking for community sisterhood, join me in our monthly full moon circle. The next one is on November 8th for our full moon in Taurus. I believe that's a Tuesday evening, 8 p.m. EST. So so excited to see you in there. Link is also in the description below. Okay, my friends, talk to you soon.